Hey, I'm Kate Otten, tight end at the University of Washington, and you're listening to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to Circling Seattle Sports on Converge Media. You can see here that I am not in a hotel room this week. The audio should be actually pretty presentable. Things look much better this week. I'm uh, dramatic or not, I had to, it's it was terrible recording in a hotel room, but got it had, done. Had to get it done, and you know we've we've got a pretty exciting slate for our teams at the moment. I know it's very weird. You know, we kind of want more opportunities, I feel like, to be in the field right now. But there's only two teams playing at the moment. I know. Which sucks, you know, to an extent. But they're both on four-game win streaks. They both have a pretty – I mean, things don't necessarily look to be slowing down for either team. And it feels like to an extent, uh, at least for the Seahawks and their remaining schedule, that they can continue this. The Kraken, and there are things that they can fix and get better. So, you know, all in all, this is like positives to an extent. So – uh with all of that and my general excitement, and we, we have Bell back, so Bell is back here. You're not the screen. <laughs> Whoa! Um, so no, you're actually here. So we'll we'll get into our Seahawks related things. I mean, it's it's been a really. I texted Bell this the other day. I just I just said after we got some of the news that we'll look at in the team of the uh, uh, team news section. I said I just said these Seahawks. Yeah, dot, literally. Dot, dot. It. <laughs> and you know, admittedly. I was wrong about this. He actually said it several times now. I don't need to keep apologizing, but I feel like, you know, to Gino at least, I, you know, uh, it's been pretty incredible to see this run. But, you know, at the end of the day, too, it's just, you know, we're going to be wrong in this industry. And I'm glad that I'm wrong about these guys doing poorly and that they're doing well. Four game mm-hmm. win streak, top of the division. Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty dang solid. Uh, so, Bell, why don't we head over to our Seahawks segment? Uh, and look at that win over Arizona down in the desert. Yeah, as you mentioned, four-game win streak. They've won their last four in double digits. And, yeah, this last week they beat the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona 31-21. to Our offensive players of the game, I went with Noah Fant, who I feel like is being utilized in a good manner as well as all of our tight ends. Um, Noah Fant had five catches. He was targeted six times and had 96 yards and a 9.2 average. So, yeah, I mean that that's a solid selection to to go to the tight end thing. Uh, we've said it before we started recording here, and even I, I think we said it during the show as well. So. But the tight end usage this year is much higher than it has been. And this is no shade on the guy that wears number three for Denver right now, but it feels like the tight end usage is something much uh, it's it's much higher than it has been in previous years and russell wasn't a guy that necessarily liked to throw over the middle anyway disregard super bowl 49 reference here uh but just seeing the guys as you mentioned fence getting used he's a guy that's young and athletic got him in that trade with uh denver will disley you know before he had the patella tendon injury was really if you look at his first few games as a seahawk really like a Funny enough, one of the games was against Denver. He had like a 69-yard catch and run. Really showed some great athleticism, and he's a Husky, so I'm biased. Mm-hmm. Kobe Parkinson's got the size, and uh, I mean, he's he's made some plays as well. There, the only caveat to the tight end usage, I would say, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, it was like a fourth and two, um, and Seattle did uh, the Chiefs kind of started it. I feel like that they uh, did the little. It was like a pitch option where the tight end comes right behind the offensive line and they toss it to mm, him. Yeah. It, yeah. That got blown up really <laughs> quickly. Um, that's my only caveat. But outside of that, the tight ends have been doing their job. So I'm really happy with that because you've got playmakers there. It's not you just do. DK and Tyler Lockett. And then you look at the backfield, your tight ends, you know, tight, I'm, I've got to show appreciation of the tight ends. Uh, Easily. It could have gone with either one of those guys too, because they each had, a touchdown as well, Lockett and Metcalf. Mm, so, yep, yeah. Yep. But, I mean, yours is a pretty consistent player. This guy, <laughs> again, with the apologies, I was upset with the pick in this 
position. I'm like, hey, this guy won, I believe, the Doak Walker Award for best running back in college at Michigan State. Had an absolutely explosive year. But it's, I guess my tr- I have trust issues when it comes to the running backs, uh, you know, with Kenneth Walker, you know, with our, our history since Marshawn Lynch, we look at Thomas Rawls, CJ Procise, Chris Carson's retired now, even my, our, our guy Rashad Penny mm-hmm. uh, being shelved, unfortunately. Um, but with Walker here, you look at this 26 carries, 109 rushing yards, two rushing TDs, uh, 20 receiving yards. The, he's being, the term that I saw was closer. Because he comes in the fourth quarter and kind of ends the game, uh, has the most rushing touchdowns in the fourth quarter in the league at six, uh, and ranks second in franchise history for the most rushing touchdowns by a rookie with seven, third in franchise history for the most rushing yards by a rookie with five hundred and seventy. And I feel like whatever other records stand in his way for a rookie running back, he'll probably smash those. Um, I just I don't know. I just pretty incredible to see. Uh, he's a hard runner. He's got that burst when he, he's able to get to the second level. He's what you need at a running back spot. And, uh, you know, from the running back spot, you did get Travis Homer back. I believe it was last week. Mm-hmm. Travis, I mean, he's 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 all right. And mixed feelings about Travis Homer. Uh, he's a good pass blocking back. But, I mean, Kenneth Walker kind of has, to an extent, has shown he can be a three down guy. I know he's only the 20 receiving yards, but he's been doing the job that you need him to do. And, you know, ideally, you know, there've been comments I saw on social media with Rashad Penny that, Oh, maybe he gets let go because of Ken Walker. Why would you not? I, I, with, with how banged up he's been, I'm sure in terms of free agency, that might hinder his cost, right? If Rashad were to hit free agency, but I don't, why would you not want to have that one two punch? Right. So you think he moves back into that backup role? I, I mean, with the way that Ken Walker's been playing, why wouldn't I? He? Yeah, I, I think it's hard to not have him be that. But uh, regardless, to look at Ken, it's just been incredible. There was the great photo uh, of the lady flipping him off in L.A. Yes, while he scored that touchdown, the guy continues to just run the ball really damn well and do what you need him to do. So I, I feel like he was kind of the guy here. You could have gone with a few guys, you know, like you mentioned with DK and Tyler with their offensive uh, inputs, but Ken continues to shine. And, you know, we'll, we'll get to some more news regarding him, but let's look at the defensive side of the ball here. We both went with linebackers. Uh, yeah. Two guys that are uh, – Jenna's not super young, but Bruce coming off of being on the couch you know, <laughs> at 35 years old and getting the, the, someone said the Bruce signal instead of the bad signal. They yeah, the Bruce, Bruce signal. He came back. Um, we'll start with that since we're talking about Bruce. You went with Bruce Irvin, hard to not. I mean, there was that big play last week where uh, Daniel Jones handed the ball up to Saquon Barkley and he pounded Daniel Jones back into Saquon Barkley. I hadn't seen something like that before. Yeah. Uh, so this week, though, why did you go with Bruce? Um, it's his first sack back in the blue and green. So he's back as a Seahawk. It was his first sack of the season, and I'm looking forward to more. And it was just – I like uh, going with those choices that kind of pull on the heartstrings. So it's good to have him back. That's fair. and. <laughs> You know, with Bruce, at least, uh, you know, with him being the pass rusher they just been. I remember, again, we're going to age people. I was in middle (laughs) school at a Little League game uh, during the draft that he got selected. Mm -hmm. And the the, the talk that my little brain could comprehend was that, oh, there's some red flags with this guy. Why is Seattle taking him so high? And he was able to contribute. I remember not to go against the Packers fan. But in that Monday night game with the fail Mary, he had like, uh, four sacks or no, he would, he helped contribute in that game. Cause we had a ton of sacks at Rogers in that game. And that was, I was like, Oh, this guy. Pretty yeah, good. He's a real deal. <laughs> and so, you know, with the sort of younger pass rushers, you've got hoping to get Daryl Taylor back this week uh, with uh, Boye Mafe uh, and the other lineback. This is a relatively younger defense. Um, you can provide that in a leadership role. And another comment was made to me during the game last week. Guys like Bruce Irvin, uh, Richard Sherman came back. Marshawn's hanging around the team now. Yeah. You see that with Pete Carroll, as much as he might have been doubted in the offseason, some still might doubt him. He built The culture thing is a big deal. I don't know how you could doubt them, especially with the culture thing. Like That has to play a part in how well they're that doing. That was something I think that in the offseason I really was like, he creates a great culture. And this is just, as you can see with guys coming back, this just proves that. Mm-hmm. You know, guys want to play for this guy uh, you know, you can be as great as you are, have the schemes, but a lot of the times the culture thing is a big deal to me. I'm like, okay, does this guy want to be here with the Mariners, right? They talked mm-hmm. about service, talked about the culture. 
Gino's a big culture guy, right? Julio, I don't even have to say that anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they just, you want to see these things from our teams at least, because it shows people like being here. And then, you know, like a guy like Luis Castillo, uh, you look at any of the games that he's got this, any, uh, usually when he wasn't starting, he had this big smile on his face, you know, after like the walk off against Atlanta, huge smile. Guys, you want guys to be here because then when free agency time comes and you want to get a big guy here, maybe they look at that to say, hey, guys want to be here. Guys, these guys want to win. And then and to bring Aaron Judge here, give him some money too. But <laughs> so it's interesting with Bruce, you know, a guy like him who's been on the, the or, uh, with the organization before seeing him come back. I just wanted to touch on that. Um in the hard strength. It makes sense. I <laughs> went with Uchenna Nwosu. Uchenna is a guy that I've liked the signing mm-hmm. since free agency. And the guy continues mm-hmm. to contribute. Had a monster game, four tackles, okay. three solo, two sacks. He only had uh, seven, I believe in nine games last year. So he's kind of racking it up. Two tackles for loss and three quarterback <laughs> hits. The guy has been able to bring pressure up the edge. He's not like a young guy necessarily. He's not old either. He's been a valuable addition. If we could look at his total stats, um, He's, I know last week, too, he, he was my player, the defensive player of the week last week. Um, so he just continues to be disruptive. And the last few years uh, for the Seahawks, I know that pass rush has been a big deal, right? Um, you know, Jamal Adams had those sacks that he did, uh, most sacks by a defensive back in a, a season, and still pass rush was an issue. You know, uh, shoot, I think even a few years, Dwight Freeney was here. Uh, for a few games, you know, legendary Dwight Freeney, but I don't hear that as much right mm-hmm. now. You know, so you've got guys like Uchenna contributing, Bruce is contributing. Getting to the quarterback's a big deal because then it takes pressure, as you know, off of your secondary. Guys like Tariq Woolen. Uh, I, I was going to make this post earlier. Charles Woodson, you know, who Charles Woodson is said. Uh, I'll get the uh, exact, exact quote. quote. It was like this: Tariq Woolen is that deal. Yeah. Hey, if a guy like I Charles Woodson is giving you that sort of recognition, that's pretty damn good. Um, but, you know, so on the defensive side of the ball, I'm happy with what's going on. And this is incredible because the first, what, five or so weeks, we were like, man, these guys are terrible on the defensive <laughs> side of the ball. What's yeah, going on? True. You know, and I there was a quote from one of the linebackers. It might have been Quandre, actually, who said, just kind of let, let these guys – let us – figure this defense out. You know, got new defensive coordinator. Let us figure this defense out. And I was like, man, it's been five weeks. What's going on? I got a little impatient. Um, they're figuring things out. You know, you play the Giants who have a pretty dang solid offense. Saquon Barkley. I love Saquon Barkley. Daniel mm-hmm. Jones, to his credit, has been playing well. He has. Arizona's got some big weapons. This was something you talked about in the offseason when we saw the uh, suspension for DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins. You said, okay, but he'll be back for that second game. And the first drive, yeah, I think he had most of his offensive input on that first drive he that did. they had. He and then did. they were able to kind of mitigate that. So, you know, guys that you're usually worried about, they've been able to mm-hmm. kind of handle a little bit. Got a solid test next week in Munich against a certain guy that we thought was going to retire this year. That's an early game. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to ruin my sleep schedule. <laughs> But and I, I know that Tampa Bay's had a tough year, but I'm not gonna doubt them. Well, you know, Tom Brady Tom did Brady. Tom Brady things yesterday. Oh yeah, so. that last drive was incredible. Tom Brady, uh, Mike Evans, I almost said Chris Evans, not the Captain America. Mm, no. <laughs> uh, Chris Godwin. Yes. There we go. Kate Otten, former Husky. So they've got weapons mm. on that side. I'm not. I'm not gonna put them off in the slightest. Uh, Seattle's actually early underdogs for that game as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up. The defense. Happy with the defense, what they're doing right now. And Trey Brown, that rookie corner from last year, I believe is still working his way to get back to mm-hmm. being physically able to perform. But it's interesting. I know I said I was going to wrap up with the defense, but I want to look at the corners. You've got Tariq Woolen, who's doing Tariq Woolen things. Yeah. Kobe Bryant almost had his fifth forced fumble. Almost. But I'm confused on that rule a little bit. It looks like he had both feet, and then he started to turn, turn. which is a football, football play. which I thought was a football move. I'm not the rules expert. My buddy Nick is, and he was saying wasn't too sure. So um, I digress. But Brian's been working his way up. Then you look at some of the other guys. Like Sidney Jones got released at the deadline, which he's a Husky too, and I would have liked to see him stay, but there just wasn't the room. And the cornerback room's getting younger. Uh, Artie Burns has been around. He's been a healthy scratch here for a few times. So it's interesting that you know you brought in some guys like Burns, like you brought Jones back. Uh, 
there's another uh, Justin Coleman brought these veteran guys back, and I thought they were going to be leading your group, mm-hmm. but it's Woolen and Bryant who are starting for you. And I think when uh, when Trey Brown gets back, he'll probably push one of the other veteran guys out. I mean, it's a good problem to have, but it's just it interesting is. to see how that cornerback room has evolved as we've gone on. So I'll, I'll be quiet. <laughs> we've got injury news to look at um, from this past week. Yes. So injuries regarding the Arizona Cardinals game. Um, Marquise Goodwin and Daryl Taylor were announced as out against Arizona. Inactives against the Cardinals were Jake Curran, Tony Jones Jr., Marquise Goodwin, Miles Adams, Daryl Taylor, and Joey Blunt. Injuries against the Cardinals. Um, Colin Giaspia? Giaspia? Giaspia. (laughs) Was doubtful with a knee injury during the first half. Um, So nothing too concerning there. No, you know, I I hope to see Taylor and Goodwin back because Goodwin, you know, against the, I think both both games this past week, past few weeks, uh, the Chargers and the Giants game, I uh, was able to contribute pretty well as the third guy. I I, I really want to see D Eskridge contribute more. Guy that uh, second round, I believe second round, not first okay. round, I believe um, a few years ago and just has not been able to contribute really. You know, uh, we looked at it. No, I think he had a few targets, no receiving yards, no catches. Um, he's got a lot of speed, but just hasn't been able to fight his way. You know, Goodwin came in and did well in training camp, and he's now kind of being the third receiver. I'd like to see more out of him, uh, but no, yeah, I'd like to see those guys back. Another guy on the inactives list that we'll look mm-hmm. at here, I'd like to see Miles Adams get more play. Yeah. I know that he was a guy I think I actually picked uh, during the preseason as one of my players of the week. And, you know, LJ Collier has been getting the uh, starts over him, and I just, I don't know, I'd like to see Adams get some more run. At least in my opinion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So luckily there were no major injuries during the game. Let's hope that continues. We'll move on to some team notes here. On the first, the team signed wide receiver Lapon Treadwell to the practice squad as a corresponding move. Wide receiver tight end JJ Arciaga Whiteside was released. And as you mentioned, the team released corner Sidney Jones after failing to trade him. Further thoughts on that? I know. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, it just goes back to the cornerback. I mean, yeah, as a question, <laughs> you know. But with the cornerback room being as young and good as it is. It's kind of hard. It's yeah, kind of hard. Uh, the Treadwell thing is interesting. Uh, I was interested to see if Arcega Whiteside did anything, but apparently not, you know. Uh, <laughs> but interesting to see. Treadwell's been around the league. I think he, drafted, he got drafted high by Minnesota, I want to say. Okay. And it's just... I, I could be wrong about that, but he just never really worked out. Was highly regarded coming out of college, never really able to put it together. Um, so yeah, that's that's it on anything. If on on my thoughts on the roster moves, but the next news is pretty pretty cool. Yeah, tight end Will Disley was named the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. He recorded a forced fumble, fumble recovery, in addition to his offensive input. So, again, we mentioned the tight ends and how well they could do if they're used, and that's yeah, proven here. That game against the Giants, hit seeing him, it wasn't even like he was trying to tackle the returner for the Giants. He just kind of threw his body at him, <laughs> and the ball popped out. And that was a big deal because we get the ball back. Um, but I think it was interesting to note that uh, against uh, – I, I think it might have been Pete – said that you know with the guys like Disley that start but they're also contributing on special teams that's yeah that's a big deal to see too um good to see uh, yeah that was something I was worried about after that big injury he had a few years ago in his rookie year and even I think the year after it was like he might be on the way out but he's still contributing to this team so I like to see that we also had some rookies of the month and yes, that's rookies, plural. Plural, rookies. yeah. Uh, Ken Walker was named the NFC Offensive Rookie of the Month, and Tariq Woolen was named the NFC Defensive Rookie of the Month. Walker 3 has tallied 432 yards and five touchdowns on the ground, including runs of 69 and 74 yards. His five runs of 20 or more yards are tied for fourth most in the NFL. Woolen has an NFL leading four interceptions in addition to two fumble recoveries, three of those interceptions and one of those fumble recoveries came in October. So big congrats to those. And of course, to Geno Smith, who was named the NFC offensive player of the month. 
Um, over five games in October, Smith had a 69.4 completion percentage with 1,207 yards, nine touchdowns, only one interception, and a passer rating of 111.7 through the air. Gino also has 143 yards and a touchdown on the ground. So again, impressive. I mean, the team all around is doing so well. And I know I've mentioned this before, but we said we wondered if Pete Carroll was accurate in saying that they could win 10 games this season. And they are six of those 10 through. So it's looking good. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> so to go back to it, I think I think this is the first time that teammates have won the offensive and defensive rookies of the month. And both of these Amazing. guys are well-deserving. And this is, you know, I, I'm hoping to have a graphic done of it soon. But you look at the youth around our teams mm-hmm. uh, in this city. You know, obviously, there's uh, – we start with the Seahawks. You got Woolen and just n- – never mind those two. The entire rookie class. Yeah. Right? Then on the Mariners, uh, just stop with – start with Julio, George Kirby, right? Uh, we could go further into that. We look at the Storm and Ezim Hagbagor still really, really yeah. young. It's not like Jewel Lloyd or Brianna Stewart are old. No. You know, but they're – with the guys they're we're talking seasoned. about, they're, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we look at the Kraken, Maddie Veneers is probably going to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, the Sounders have mm-hmm. some solid, Obed Vargas was a solid contributor before his injury. The uh, rain Jordan Heidema is 21, and they have, they went Instagram official. I they know. went Instagram official. I had known about this for months, <laughs> thanks to a buddy. Thank you, Mike. Um, but it, it was funny. All the it, lookout landing, uh, buddies at the lookout landing was like, all the normies know now. I'm like, some of us have known. I saw her at the uh, the game the Mariners clinch. I was like, wait a wait a minute, wait a minute. And I saw it, the back of her head in a Julio jersey. Yeah, and I was remember like, seeing hmm. that too. It was like <laughs> you do the wait a minute. And yeah, you look at the Instagram. You say, uh, yeah. So um, good for that. But uh, in the SeaWolves, the, the signing the twenty one year old they just signed that we'll get to in the SeaWolves segment. Yeah. But there's young talent. Oh, we have a rookie of the year too for the SeaWolves. So there's young talent all across the board here. It's exciting. Um, it is exciting. But with that, and then with Gino, Gino, I am sorry for doubting you. I know I said the true lock would be in at some point when we blow someone out. Drew lock can come in and play. I was wrong. I was wrong. I, okay. Yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I also, when I was doing, when we were still doing Husky coverage, which is um, I said uh, people were like, oh, Michael Penix probably won't be that good. Michael Penix is He's one of the best quarterbacks so in good. all of college. So it's interesting, you know, with you said 10 games, right? Six and three right now. You play the Buccaneers in an ungodly early morning. Uh, but Tampa Bay's had their weaknesses, and they've shown that. Outside of having to get a really clutch stop and then get the ball back against the Rams yesterday, they looked could be dead to rights. The Raiders. The Raiders have had their own struggles. Mm-hmm. You wondered they had a twenty to seven lead against the Jaguars yesterday, and they blew that. It, yeah. And then they got blown out by the Saints the other week. The Rams. The Rams. I'm going to hold my judgment on because they've still got a ton of talent. I don't want to mess with that. Aaron Donald is like the boogeyman. Mm. So you got two <laughs> games to play against them. The Panthers. I have no idea. Is are we going to get Baker Mayfield or are we going to get PJ Walker? They got blown out against the Bengals yesterday. If you played Joe Mixon, I. Pray for you. Yes. Um, did you play Joe Mixon? No. Oh, I was like, thank uh-oh. goodness. <laughs> uh, but the Panthers, I'm not too worried about at home. The 49ers, the first go round was rough, but that was week two, and this team wasn't really clicking yet. So I, I against the 49ers at home, I feel better about the Chiefs. Mm. <laughs> no. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Travis Kelsey, Chris yeah. Jones. Yeah. Uh, the Jets. Earlier in the season, I would laugh at this. Okay, but they just beat the Bills. Yes, that's why I said earlier in the season. Which but, the Packers weren't able to do last week, and then the I mean the Jets beat the Packers, but then the Jets come and you know take care. Sauce of Sauce Gardner's played really well. I don't know about the offensive side of the ball. Brees Hall went down, but their defense looks like they've done a solid job. Uh, that one will be a that'll be a good game. That'll be a good game, and then end of the season against the Rams at home. Again, holding my judgment. These. The Rams I feel like are tough. I feel like we're gonna get to ten. I feel like we can get to ten. <laughs> and you know, with the way you know the Rams losing, so I, I'll thank Tom Brady for that. But with the Rams losing, that knocks them down a peg again in the standings. You know, it really feels like you could win your division. Um, and I know there might be, a, oh, you guys changed your tune. Yeah, I did. I was wrong at first. You know, but 
I also want to err on the side of caution because things can change. Injuries can happen. It's uh-huh. a long season still. But, you know, hopefully come out of this Buccaneers game, put a good fight in in an early morning in a really cool environment in Germany, and they get the bye week. You know, so rest over Recovery. the bye week, be able to game plan against uh, who's right after. Was it, it the Raiders, right? Oh, so. Yeah. You know, it, it, it looks like you're in a solid position right now. So I'm really happy with how things gone, uh, which puts me into our segue for the trade deadline. I'm happy it didn't do anything in the trade deadline. You know, you could oh, have added yeah. to this team, but, you know, with the capital that you have this offseason and going forward, you can – why sacrifice any of that to make this team better when you weren't expected to win? I know Pete said they wanted to contend still, but, you know, you can just add this offseason and get better and build off of this rookie class – Save money for Gino for this. I think season. I would have been completely shocked if I saw a headline about a Seahawks trade I or like them ha- involved in a trade. I don't trade. think they needed to do anything. No. You know, interesting to see because it was supposed to like the few days before this all took place that you'll get into in a second. It was like it's going to be a quiet trade deadline. I was like, okay, sure. And then all this happened. So I'll let you get into it uh, with league news. Yeah. So as you mentioned, there were some stuff that happened in the trade deadline here. TJ Hawkinson was traded to Minnesota. Um, the Lions traded the star tight end in division for four draft picks. Chase Claypool made his way to Chicago. The Steelers traded the star wide receiver to the Bears to help Justin Fields. Um, Bradley Chubb was traded to Miami as if Miami needed more help. <laughs> um, the Dolphins bolster their roster with star pass rusher. Calvin Ridley was traded to Jacksonville. Suspended wide receiver will help Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars eventually. Um, Naheem Hines was traded to Buffalo. The Colts send the quality backup running back to add to the Bills offense again, as if they need more. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, which one of these surprised you the most? We knew people were fielding Chase Claypool for a while. I mean, maybe... uh... Hawkinson or Chubb? I mean, yeah. uh, you know, you, you acquire Russell Wilson for Denver and you think, okay, maybe, you know, just with that division, I think it this move kind of says, mm-hmm. hey, we need to do more in the future. Uh, for the future, pardon me, Hawkinson, trading him in division is kind of weird. That is weird. You know, it's because of what the Vikings are now like seven and one. Seven and one sitting at the top of their division. Yeah, Miami getting better, uh, great, you know, and then they signed into <laughs> a big extension, and Buffalo also adding a quality back when, uh, I mean, their backfield has always kind of been questionable yeah. for a yeah. while. So interesting to see how Hines helps because he's been a solid guy for a while. You know, usually when Taylor would get injured, it's like, all right, Neheim Hines is going to slot in well. So I don't know, really interesting to see. And even Taylor for Indianapolis hasn't been doing too hot. So, yeah. Yeah. Not much, not, again, nothing super surprising to me that, uh, as I said, if the Seahawks would have been involved in any sort of headline for this, I would have been completely surprised. Um, we'll move on to some more league news here. The teams wanted the tra- trade deadline pushed back. So mul- multiple teams reached out to the NFL this past week to ask about moving the trade deadline back to week 10 or 12. Not sure how much more that would help. I mean, what do you think? Why would a decision need to be pushed back? I mean, week 10 or 12 feels late. It does. Um, it's like, hey, man, you've got a good amount of the season already to make that decision. I'm right. I, I'm, I'm, sure it's like, hey, uh, with what one more week added, we want to have another week to think about it. and. I don't, I don't think it's necessary. <laughs> okay, if you were going to get a deal done, figure it out, get it done. Right. Don't, you know. Eh. Okay. Eh. Moving on. The uh, commanders are possibly up for sale. They could sell for up to $7 billion. The Washington's NFL franchise receiving considerable interest and may be sold by the March league meeting. Um, not sure if you tuned in or if you saw the score to their game this last weekend, but they did lose. I think they were leading for – a portion of the game, and then they did yeah, lose. Yeah, Minnesota had to come back. That's right. Yeah, and they did hear chance of sell the team, <laughs> so fans weren't too happy. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, Dan Snyder is a bag of bad words that we don't say yeah. on the show. So <laughs> ideally, I'd like that to happen as soon as possible, and then you know be able to look at that Washington franchise without disgust. So yeah, uh, that we'll would be see. nice. 
<laughs> Moving on back to our Seahawks here. They have a regular season standing of six and three, first in the NFC West. And as we've mentioned several times here, they have a game on Saturday or Sunday at 6 30 a.m. because they will be playing in Munich. Yeah, that'll be <laughs> when we get the nice little Munich Germany logo on there. You know, that's cool. But 6 30 in the You're morning. You working on for that? Yeah, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I might just stay up at that point. I go to oh bed at like goodness. seven o'clock at night. Like, all right, nighttime. I mean, it gets dark at five. Just go to bed yeah, when it gets daylight dark. Daylight savings time. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Early morning. Uh, so November thirteenth versus the Bucks, six thirty a.m. I don't know when I'm gonna put the game day post because usually we put those at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, five a.m. Five a.m. and then we'll make one for the night before. So. Uh, <laughs> That's that'll wrap up our Seahawks stuff. Well, look, we can talk about them for a while. Yeah. Uh, we can with not too much going on in their team. So briefly stop over with our Mariners here uh, before it becomes official. Uh, again, Julio has won another award. Julio was voted by the players um, around the league as the AL outstanding rookie. The MLB Players Association announced on the 4th of November that the Mariners outfielder was voted as the Players' Choice Awards American League outstanding rookie. Uh, amongst other things as like baseball America major league rookie of the year and the sporting news American league rookie of the year. Uh, he's a, uh, well, the finalist for the BBWAA rookie of the year award will be announced on Monday, November 7th. Oh, that's today. That is today. On MLB network. Uh, Julio 21 years old. I, I remind you his birthday is in December, by the way, led major league rookies and homers, uh, B war F war slugging percentage, OPS WRC plus, and total bases, ranking second in runs, third in hits, second in RBIs, second in extra base hits, second in stolen bases. Overall, he had a 284 batting average with 84 runs, 25 doubles, three triples, 28 homers, 75 RBIs, 25 stolen bases, and 40 walks, getting on base at a clip of 345, slugging 509 with an 853 OPS and 132 games this past season. Uh God, that was a mouthful. And that's the thing is all of those stats aren't uh, Alex Mayer and the guys over at the Mariners PR. They do a great job, by they the way. They do a great job. Um, put out a 44 stats about Julio's rookie season. And he goes, I could have done like a thousand. I'm like, I bet you could, you know. <laughs> Stick uh, to 44. Yeah. And How do this, you choose from like the thousands of stats that you have? It must have been tough. I, it must have been tough, you know. <laughs> And this kind of dips into league news, but with Jeremy Pena winning World Series MVP, Pena's going to have a solid career, solid for Houston, I'm sure. I mean, he seems like a cool guy. He did deliver the dagger into my heart, into our hearts. Big sigh. Um, in that 18 inning game. But Julio, I mean, just the, the excitement he brings to baseball, the fact that there are more 44 jerseys around the ballpark than 24 nowadays, which is insane to think about. Um, just the excitement he brings, the guy that he is in a lot. He's the only 21. He's only 21. Gonna so, be 22. What you just said his birthday was in December. <laughs> I shouldn't have encouraged this. Uh, but no, it's 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 an easy choice. If Julio wasn't playing, sure, Jeremy Pena wins that easy. But, but sorry, there's a Julio in the league. Uh, the sad thing is, though, with the anti-West Coast bias, I wouldn't even be that side dis- disappointed. Well, no, I wouldn't be disappointed. Wouldn't be surprised. There you go. Mm-hmm. But in 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 a right world where everything is right, well, you see all the awards I already listed for him, right? It yeah, just, it wouldn't make sense. So we'll see. I guess we find out the finalists tonight. But I, I would only. He has to be a finalist at least. So anyway, we're not even going to deal with that. League news, as you've probably seen, the Astros won the World Series. Insert your booing here. <laughs> um, Philly gave him a good run, and and you know it, it's. As much as there's the cheating and everything, the Would Astros you say have. They redeemed themselves in a sense from the cheating. No. No, I still don't like those guys. The thing that pissed me off during that game, I don't know if you watched the end of it, but the uh, commentary crew was like, "This city deserves this." Uh, these fans, no, they don't. The fans are horrible, horrible people. The fan, you know, I remember going to Houston when they wore the cherry red and the cream colors back when they were in the National League. They didn't have this many fans. Aside from Big O's daughter, who is a Houston Fair Astros enough. fan. Fine, sure. <laughs> but outside of the general, they're like, oh, they deserve this. No, they've been winning for like six years now. No, they don't. Leave it alone. And they're not a dynasty either. Three titles is where I consider Are a dynasty. they calling themselves? Yes. Um, 
Yeah, well, I mean, you, uh, three titles. Give me three titles. All you have to show me is their social media posts after they mm, moved on, mm, and that's mm. enough for me to be. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll <laughs> we're going to be here for a while if we get into that. Uh, continuing with league news on the six, a couple news about potential free agents. A uh, guy that I had wanted to have here, have him come back, including all his little trumpet and all that. Edwin Diaz signed a historic contract extension with the Mets, so New York's closer stays in the Big Apple on a five-year, $102 million deal that will make him the highest-paid reliever uh, in MLB history pending a physical. If you're able to watch the tough, low-quality video that we had last week uh, from the hotel room that I tried to record, I wanted Edwin to come back, hopefully, um, to Seattle, add to this bullpen, say, hey, maybe uh, returns in the works. But, you know, I don't know if Seattle would have been able to put up with that price and if they'd want to, you know, when they've already got a solid bullpen already. So... Hey, good for Edwin. I've always been a fan of Edwin, so good for you. Also on the six, Xander Bogarts is expected to opt out of his uh, contract in uh, Boston. The Red Sox star shortstop is expected to test free agency along other star shortstops such as Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson, and Trey Turner. So that would make four star shortstops on the market. Uh, and uh, we went over this again last week. Well, we, I did. Um, Bogarts would be my ideal pick. So Xander I will. I, I can't drive. I say I'd park his car as a valet, but I don't drive. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I, Jerry, please um, get it done. That's our stuff for Mariners related <laughs> news here. As we continue, well, since the World Series ended, free agency is basically a go. So we might have stuff sooner oh. rather than later, and we'll see on that. But we'll Just switch realize. gears here, and we've got some off-season storm news for you. Not free agency yet, but storm overseas. The storm did this nifty little thing where they launched a page where you can uh, follow our storm players that are what? playing overseas. Um, the hashtag is storm overseas. Nah. Uh, the players that are across, <laughs> across the way, uh, Brianna Stewart, Gabby Williams, uh, Brian January, John Tell Lavender, Ezzy Magbagor, Stephanie Talbot. Goodness, um, that's a list. Few of them are, haven't joined their teams yet. Stewie oh, okay. hasn't joined. Gabby hasn't joined. Uh, but Brianna and Ezzy are the ones that highlight our current group here uh, overseas. So why don't we take a look at some of their notable performances? Yeah, Ezzy Magbagor, Sopron edged Brian January, CBK Merson, 75 to 50 in the second week of EuroLeague's group phase. Magbagor ended the game with 10 points, five rebounds, one assist, and one block, while January tallied five points, five assists, three rebounds, and one steal. I didn't realize that she would still be playing outside of retirement. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting, too. I wonder if this is after Euro season. That's it. But I, I thought that the kind of idea was that it was going to end here. Okay. But hey. Uh, good for her. Good for her. But no, I was like, what did? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm, yeah, good to see her still playing. And, I mean, she'll retire on her own terms. On the sixth, Storm forward Stephanie Talbot kicked things off in the WNBL with 11.6 rebounds, four assists, and four steals for Adelaide Lightning in their season opener versus Southside Flyers. Talbot and the Lightning play again this Friday, 11-11, against Townsville Fire. Um, Moving on to some league notes here. The WNBA draft lottery will take place also on November 11th. We don't have much to worry about that because it's four teams that doesn't include us, and I think we traded some of our picks anyway, so... It, it, it's tough also <laughs> with the WNBA draft because, as you saw with our picks this past year, none of them made the roster. And yeah, this is, again, something that I talked to Jontel Lavender about this, you know, potential of a roster expansion, uh, league expansion already coming into play. You know, the Bay Area is making a good – I think the Bay Area would be great for a WNBA team. Um, but uh, – Hopefully they're not as scary as the Warriors. Oh, yeah, no, hopefully not. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it just talk about some things potentially like opening the roster spot because a w, uh, an NBA roster is uh, 15, 13. I figure you know NBA more than I do. Uh, <laughs> but I believe right now in the WNBA it's 12, which is it's, it's smaller than an NBA roster, which is like, hey, man, going to open that up. And the potential of a G League for the WNBA, which yes. I talked to John Ted Lavender about. Uh, AU Sports also plays their season. I think they're starting up here, uh, I believe, at the beginning of next year. But just being able to have more spots for these rookies to go and develop. Ezzy Magbagor, similar to one of uh, the Storm's draft picks this past year, they drafted her. They said, hey, go back to your league, play a little bit more, and then we'll bring you Come back, back. Yeah. Uh, when we've got that space or when you're ready. 
So why not have that here? Yeah. Mm, yeah. So that's, and that's you, my piece on that. Yeah. You mentioned Chantel Lavender and I think it was also she that said um, that she'd rather, if she's going to be more of a bench play, role player, she'd rather give up her spot and give it to somebody who yeah. could learn and grow. Yep. So that Chantel yeah. was very nice. Yeah. But that also gives you, like insight on, like you said, um, how small that roster has to be. And mm -hmm. you can't even like have someone developing as you have a veteran on the bench developing them as well. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. It's very small crunch time for you there. Um, we'll peek over. It's not anything big. Uh, for the Sounders, the uh, MLS Cup took place over the past week and LAFC won. Uh, LA wins their first title in franchise history and it was a pretty damn good match against Philadelphia that went into penalty kicks. So, um, small thing I'll say about it. I didn't want LA to win because, um, <laughs> but, oh, yes. So LA's keeper had a breakaway. It was like a one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. and he came out to make a sliding tackle and he I, there's no official uh, official <laughs> official word yet, but his like if his leg goes like this, his leg was like that. Ouch! It was like it's definitely broken, uh, which sucks because he was going to be Canada's goalkeeper in the World Cup. Um, Ouch! But he he made the stop. He made the stop. But this means going into penalties that their backup had to come in. Their backup had been released by Philadelphia before, and was now the backup in LA. So he made two clutch saves to help LA win. Um, after the, the te two teams went to an overtime period, two overtime periods, um, LA scored in the last minute of the second overtime period to send us to penalty. It was a pretty damn good game. Um, and it's what you'd like to see out of MLS Cup. You know, if you want this league to grow, especially with the fact that they're going, all of their games going to be on M Apple TV next year, which, you know, I have Apple TV. I watch Ted Lasso, but I love Ted Lasso. But like for some people, you know, it's like, I think we've had this conversation before with like the NWSL. How many streaming services do you want to pay for? Exactly. Right. So that's its own thing. Anyway, we'll look over to Kraken here who talk about the four game win streaks. Things continue and a undefeated three game road trip. So why don't we take a look at that? Yeah, they're on their own hot streak here. On the first, they were at the Calgary Flames. That was a win, five to four. Player of the game one is forward Yanni Gord. One goal, one point, one plus minus, four shots, four hits, three takeaways. And we have a second player of the game for this week, or for this game, Joey Decord, 36 saves, six for six on power play saves, first win as a Kraken. And on the third at the Minnesota Wild, another win, four to zero. Player of the game was Alex Wenberg, two goals, two points, two hits, one block. In case you didn't hear me, that was a shutout. Um, our second player of the game was Martin Jones, 22 saves, three for three on power plays, 100% save percentage. And again, shut out. Um, on the fifth, they traveled to Pittsburgh to face the Penguins. That was another win, three to two. Player of the game was once again Yanni Gord with one goal, two assists, three points, and a three plus minus. So it's obvious why your player of the week is your player of the week, but I'll let you go further in explaining. Yeah. And, you know, with, with, the Kraken success, I've talked about this before. We'll go with her stats first. You know, over the past week uh, of games, two goals, three assists, five points, nine shots, two hit, two hits, seven blocks, seven hits, two blocks, and ten <laughs> wins in the faceoff circle. Yanni was voted as essentially the MVP of the team last year by the fans, mm -hmm. um, the most exciting player. I made this comment to one of our photographers the other day. If you watch, if you're at the game and you watch Yanni Gord during the national anthem, he's bouncing. He's like moving. He's like always warming moving up? around. I don't know. He's like the Energizer Bunny. He's oh, always going. Okay. And like one of the morning skates uh, after he like returned from being off from a personal matter, still the fastest guy on the ice. I was like, oh, well, there he is. He's he's a guy that, you know, comes from a winning pedigree. He won Stanley Cup with the Lightning a few years ago. Um, it's just, uh, uh, when Seattle inevitably names their captain, it will probably be Yanni. Mm -hmm. Um He's he's just like the spark plug for this team, and for a while he and he'd been quiet, uh, hadn't been able to get a tally on the board, and he had a pretty solid week over the past week. And so you look at guys like Manny Beniers having a great start to the year, Jaden Schwartz leading the team uh, in points, Andre Burakovsky doing what he does as uh, an elite finisher, 
And you're like, you, you look at all the kind of the newer guys doing this, and they're like, oh yeah, Yanni Gord is still Yanni Gord, and he's finally hitting that stride. It just makes me wonder how good this team can be. Because uh, the question is, and we'll put this on the little scroller here, is, you know, to an extent, uh, is this team for real? Well, you there know? was never a doubt with their offense, not from you anyway. In the weeks that I remember leading up to this, um, your re- concern was defense. defense. Yes. And thank you. That's a great point because that helps me into where I was going. You see the shutout there against a Minnesota team that's very talented offensively. And I think part of it might have been switching up the deep pairs. My friend RJ from Emerald City Hockey made this great point. He, he asked Dave Hassel about it. You know, the deep pairs have been consistent. The top, the three deep pairs that you've got are Adam Larson and Vince Dunn. They're your top line. They're not going to get moved. They've been, I think, at a, some point throughout the inaugural season last year, those two got put together and they fit well. And then it was, for a while, it was Jamie Alexiak and Justin uh, Justin Schultz. Yes, I believe his first name is Justin. Those two didn't really work out. Uh, Schultz started the season well offensively uh, for the first few games, but then a lot of turnovers. Alexiak, same, kind of hit a, a, a snag. And then the last one was Borgen and uh, uh, Will Borgen and Carson Soucy. Those two are actually really good friends, so that deep pairing was actually kind of cool. But then it was, uh, you know, with that second second defensive line having the issues that it did, it's like maybe we should switch it up. And mm-hmm. so now uh, Borgen, I believe, is with Alexiak and Susie's with Schultz. Um, it could be the other way around. Uh, but they've been they've seen success. I mean, we look at these games here. Calgary, that was kind of high scoring. Uh, Seattle gave up two goals, I believe, in the third period uh, to go down. It was like, ah, shoot. You know, this was <laughs> the same old Kraken. Yeah. But they were able to rally. Uh, against Minnesota, you win that game in a shutout. And then against Pittsburgh, a desperate Pittsburgh team that put a lot of pressure on you at the first few periods watching this game, you're able to – you gave up the two. The first, the second one, pardon me, was uh, one that was kind of like a mistake. And I was like, ah, shoot, how'd that happen? You know, like a freak accident. Yeah. And so it, it, it's been getting better. And that's what's exciting about this team uh, to me is that knowing – like you said, I've had confidence in the offensive out- output. The power play is still working. Uh, the PK is getting better in terms of special teams, but the defense, it's like all you need to do from really being a consistently good team is just fix that defensive issue for me. I was never worried about the goalies. Martin Jones has been playing well in goal. Joey Decord gets his first one as a Kraken. Uh, I was never worried about the goalies, even when Grubauer was in goal. I've talked about my support for Grubauer. Yeah. It's just the defensive side of things. Just limit the stupid mistakes, limit the stuff like the turnovers in your own defensive zone. Uh, the passes in front of your goalie, you know, leaving guys wide open, guys that can hammer the puck home. They've been doing that to an extent. Obviously, again, it's like with like the NBA, if we were doing the NBA or even like the storm, right? This is still a long season. It's not 162 games, it's still 80 or so though. That's so, a long season. Yeah. yeah. So we've got a long ways to go. We've got till about uh, April before the season's over you're in the second the pacific division right now but just keep putting these things together uh assistant captain jordan eberly said that you know if they got this win in Pittsburgh, it would be a great jumping point this is the franchise's first four game win streak in its history and it sends now you go home you get to come home and play in front of your fans in a great building um coming off this win streak so it's it's these are all positive things and they again, are. we can look at this when we hit January even, mm-hmm. um, but this, this could be a great, you know, start and like leaping point to get better. So it's, it's, it was exciting. You went with not to get away from our players of the week here. You went with Martin Jones and Martin's been pretty damn solid in that. I, I'm just curious about that. Uh, this, I don't doubt it. I could easily gone with this as well, but uh, the thought process on it. Well, you just said the word solid. Um, I don't know what other word could come to mind with, a shutout win. So again, I know I just read his stats off for those two games, but in that game at Minnesota, 22 saves three on three, three for three on power plays, hundred percent save percentage and a shutout. And then to go to Pittsburgh the next, not the next day, but you know, two days later um, and do 35 saves and a 0.946 save percentage. Like, yeah, just solid performance by Martin Jones. That's all you can ask for really, you know, it's, it's, the only thing, and I don't want to cause, I don't want to stir the pot, but it's like you look at Martin Jones, Joey Decord just got put on. There's a move. It's like if he hits a certain amount of time up here, he gets he has to get placed back on waivers when they bring Grubauer back. So they did something with him. But anyway, 
Grubauer is injured. Chris Drieger is injured. He got injured in the yeah. offseason. What happens when those guys both are back? Because Martin Jones has been playing pretty damn well. You know, it's like, all right, we ship him off? or No, I think you should have to play for your spot. It's going to be uh, difficult. It's going to be a difficult decision <laughs> to look at. But for the time being, we're going to enjoy the winning and not look at that. So <laughs> we'll look at, I mean, the injury news. It is not so cheery. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, the injury news, I'll just say this. Jared McCann did not play the last two games. There wasn't any official word on what it was. So we don't technically know if it was an injury? No. I just know he didn't play the last two games. It was interesting, though, because I don't know how much you've seen it. Uh, we, I think we've talked about it a little bit on this show. But fourth overall pick, Shane Wright, had been scratched like five games in a row. And with McCann out, he's been able to play a little bit more. So I wonder if it's like Jared might be ailing a little bit. Hey, Jared, why don't you just hang out a little bit and we'll get Shane some ice time here. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it's that. Um, we've got a game tomorrow on Morning Skate, so I'll try and figure out if that was anything there. But I'll say this. In the time that Shane Wright did get ice time, remember, I don't know how many of our folks listening you know, know that much about hockey. Shane Wright was predicted. Ever since he was a teenager, he's still a teenager. He's 18. Ever since he was 15, he was predicted to be the number one, number one overall pick in the draft. And so he drops to fourth after being told he's going to be number one. And there's all these high expectations around him. You know, uh, I'll say that. And so with him getting sat, it's like, so why are you sitting him? Is he bad? Are you holding him back? There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of oh controversy goodness. there. Yeah, it's, it's drama. It's a lot. <laughs> um, he played well. In the two games he's played. He hasn't recorded another point yet, but he's played well. So that's all I'll say on that. Look at team news. <laughs> Moving on to team news. Uh, the team recalls goaltender Christopher Gibson from Coachella Valley Firebirds. Goaltender Martin Jones tends to a personal matter, and that was reported on the first. And then it's not necessarily in our notes, but we got a sneak preview. I think you saw the post of some of the uh, hockey is for everybody nights. Everybody. Everyone nights that the Kraken will be doing. They added, uh, I believe it's Lunar New Year. Um, and there's one other one that they added. We'll go through them here. Uh, in a, so they're doing all this in addition to, I believe it's like military appreciation and hockey fights cancer. Um, we'll just go through the list here of some of them. There's Indigenous Peoples Night. This isn't a full rendering. This is a sneak peek, as I mentioned. The full design will be released two weeks prior to the uh, respective night. Uh, this one by Paige Pettibon. Um We've got Lunar New Year here. Uh, so if you want to see any of these, please feel free to pause. Um, Black Hockey History Night, REG. Actually, I believe REG uh, Converge has done some stuff with REG, I believe, yeah. from what I understand. Um, we've got Women in Hockey Night, Pride Night, and then wrapping it up with Green Night. Uh, it was funny. Last year when they did Green Night, it was on – 420 against Colorado. Green Knight. Green, yeah, yeah, yeah. Colorado. But Green Knight, what is? Uh, like the planet. Duh. Yeah. So there's, <laughs> there's that. Do with that what you will. I'm just, I'm just the messenger. I just talk about the notes on the show here. Uh, well, so again, no, 420, Seattle Colorado, against Colorado. Green. Anyway, the only thing, the only thing that's uh, I've seen there's been some frustration with the hockey is for everyone. And this goes, my friend Mike is. That we got snubbed. I'm sorry. What are you talking about? Us Latin people. Yes, that's it. That's it. You might have, you probably seen it on Twitter then. There's no Latin night. Uh, Latino Latin night. Um, so that's a thing. Because I, I can show you, well, I'll show you some of them after the show. We don't have time to fit them in right now. But the designs, like LA's had designs, Vancouver had designs for this very night. And it's like, why? So other teams within the NHL are participating or they do have a Latin night? This sucks because I like the Muddy Nettles jersey so much that it'd be nice to have, like, the Kraken. Well, and see, with the Marineros jerseys, I know they didn't have any merch no, they for didn't. them. I know they didn't sell the jerseys. And I don't control that. But the, the thing with the Hockey is for Everyone nights is that, so we'll go, I'll go through, I'll cycle through the designs again, uh, the sneak peeks. But the, the team store will have merchandise with the designs on them, like shirts, hoodies, hats. So you'll be able to actually get something with the. So if there was a Latino night, there would be the design on something else. Oh, you're just making it worse now. 
I know, but yes, I did. Because the jerseys that they're wearing on the ice pregame, like this, they'll auction. I don't have auction money. Bell might have auction money. No. I don't have auction money. Um, so it's it's it'll be it well, would be really cool. Green Knight jerseys. God damn it, we're gonna stick with the Green Knight. <laughs> to to take it to a serious note here, and it's not on team notes, but on Wednesday the 9th uh, at Climate Pledge Arena, I know that the arena will be hosting a memorial uh, for Devon. Um, I don't know if there's a time for that. Um, I would like that so I can know when I'm arriving, but I, I know that was pretty cool for them to do that. I was in DC last time, last week when they uh, auctioned off jerseys from both teams uh, for the cause for uh, several of the causes that he was a proponent of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really cool because uh, the Kraken normally uh, auction off some of this stuff. Uh, for the One Roof Foundation, but the Penguins donated some of their jerseys as well. Sidney Crosby, one of the better players of all time, donated his, and it topped out at $20,000. I do not have auction money. Well, <laughs> yeah. So that that was really cool to see that Pittsburgh did that. Um, and luckily, yes. Liv was there to yes, capture to get, some yeah, photos to get of that. it. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's, it's, and it's great to see, you know, and I'm not – an expert on any of this, you know, converges on a great job of covering all of these events. Um, that's not my lane. I'm a sports guy. You know that. But, you know, it's great to say, oh, we put our thoughts in prayers. It's great to, with like a big, like a team, that there's actual action. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it, the, the, the Memorial Climate Pledge Arena uh, on Wednesday the 9th, I don't have an official time for you, but I know that'll be taking place uh, at the arena. So. Uh, push over to league news and then we'll keep going. We have league news. We do have league news <laughs> on the fourth. The Ottawa Senators were, it was reported there for sale. Um, the only condition of the sale would be that the new owners cannot move the team. And apparently, Ryan Reynolds is a potential investor. So, not sure. I mean, I don't know if you. I like Ryan Reynolds. I, I feel like most people do. I just wasn't sure how much he was associated with sports. <laughs> I, I watched the new Deadpool movie. I don't know how much he is in sports, though. It, it's interesting, though, to see any time that a team is up for sale, but good to know that they put the thing. You cannot move the team. Good to see. Yeah, thanks to, I know, all the hurt that we go through. Don't even say it. <laughs> um, the Kraken currently sit at a 7-4-2 and two record. They are second in the Pacific with 16 points. And looking ahead, as mentioned, on Tuesday, November 8th versus the Nashville Predators, 7 p.m. On November 11th versus Minnesota Wild, a 7 p.m. puck drop. And on the 13th versus the Winnipeg Jets with a 5 p.m. puck drop. So a week of games back at home at Climate Pledge Arena. Uh, We will stop off here uh, along our reign. I apologize, you know, with our season in review, trying to do that was unfortunate we'll we'll have rain covered for you all off season long don't worry about that um but hey you know it was a really cool season to see uh but with some team related news obviously again unfortunate to not be able to be in dc to cover that game was still there to cover it because i got approved pay for the flight you know as well yeah it was tough but seeing (laughs) oren barnes was there my friend lou me a nice hug uh because they honored a bunch of the originals uh pre-game um like they had these nice like really cool like letterman jackets and it would have like the team that you had played for on it and for all of our rain originals they've never been anywhere else so it's just the one logo but some of the players i believe it was like jess mcdonald had had a bunch and it was like that's a cool jacket um it was a cool event it was cool to be able to cover a title game um like that and it was but it was weird to use hashtags for a team that wasn't us and to tweet out yeah what the heck chunk hey man (laughs) i'm trying to improve as a journalist here all right so anyway we'll get back to our rain related news on the 31st of october halloween time uh four rain players were named to the u.s women's national team roster for some germany friendlies uh the usual suspects alana cook sophia huerta rose lavelle and megan rapino um the only thing i'll say about this you those four names that just went on your screen, U.S. Women's National Team. That's just U.S. Women's National Teams. Just Fishlock, you know, Angelina, uh, hope she's healing up well. Amongst others are all on there, a, a bunch of them. Jordan Haitema, Quinn, on the national teams. So this is world-class talent. And if you want that, you know, the Sounders are fine and all. But this club 
very inclusive. I know the Sounders have had their issues. Um, I have so much love for this club. I've talked to people that we work with here, CSS on Converge, CSS about it. The rain mean a lot to me. Hmm. Uh, Which is why just, he wore a rain hat. Didn't you in the championship game? Oh, yeah. When we were uh, <laughs> on the field post-game and Portland was celebrating, I had this thing on still. And my friend They're was like, you should take that off. I was like, ooh, yeah, you're right. And I, Oh, you did? I had to, yeah, because one of the Portland players might have stabbed me or something. The <laughs> Portland had their like celebration trophy thing at Providence Park in Portland, and uh, Christine Sinclair said, did her little thing. She's like, I'm coming back next year and F Seattle. And I was like, oh, oh, this is very little brother behavior. Don't worry. We made it into the speech. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's that. I mean, it's Portland. I, I know. I, I know that Portland's, I uh, don't, no, I don't start any rivalry <laughs> stuff. League news, November 1st, the NWSL final set ratings records. Uh, the Thorns win over uh, Kansas City uh, in the title game, averaged 915,000 viewers, making it the most watched match in league history. Cool to see that. We'll get on before I start any Portland-Seattle fights uh, with one piece of Seawolves news and then some league news that took place last week but didn't have time for it, so I want to address it because it's kind of interesting. So, Belle, rugby. You teased at it. The team did sign a 21-year-old Carl Keane to a three-year deal. He was born in Ireland. Keane played for Dublin's Malahide Rugby Club before moving to Washington. The promising young scrum half learned the game further with Rugby Washington's Eastside Lions and Washington Loggers before committing to one of the top U.S. collegiate programs at St. Mary's College. Keane has been a member of USA Pathway since his teenage years, beginning with the high school All-Americans, collegiate All-Americans, and most recently represented the U.S. for the Senior Falcons side in South America. A member of the Seawolves training squad in 2021, Keen returns to Starfire Stadium 2023 as part of the senior roster. I just think it's interesting, you know, we look at the buildup of this roster, you know, trading some guys away, what, a month ago now? Um, signing some veteran guys, and then a guy like Carl Keen to a three-year deal at 21 years old. I'm very interested to see what this Seawolf season looks like. I'm excited for it. I'm really hoping. I think we get some preseasons up in February. You know, Rickard Hadding will be out for a little bit in the beginning of the season as your captain, yeah. but he'll be back for the remainder of the year. I'm glad to know that wasn't actually like anything serious. It was something that he, you know, and I'm I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Something he didn't know was there. So, you know. Could have been avoided. But, That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but interesting to see this. But then we look at league news, you know, I don't know if you remember, right? Towards the end of our seal season, it was like, oh, they've been mathematically eliminated. Uh, boohoo. And we we're going to do our not. season in review. I was ready for season in review. I think we did season in review. And then did we, we found, I think we did. And then we found out that LA and Austin had been disqualified from the playoffs. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> then we get the news on the 25th that LA and Austin will not compete at all in 2023. These remember these are the teams that were like the one and two seed in the West this past year. Uh, the MLR announced that the 2023 MLR season will now feature 12 teams in a two conference competition. Eleven of these teams that competed in 2022 will return. However, neither Austin or LA will participate. The 12th team will be an expansion team in a new market. Uh, detailed announcements surrounding the expansion team is expected in the coming weeks, so we're still waiting on that. So expansion for MLR is good to see. Uh, but with the uncertainty surrounding the both of those teams' ownership, I know there was some stuff with ownership uh, that caused them to be dis- disqualified. It was determined to suspend operations of the two teams to ensure a successful 2023 season and protect the long-term strength and continued growth of the league. I really want to know what the heck they did. There's got to be something, right? This is big. Because not only, as again, it wasn't like they were two teams that are getting smacked on the wrist at the bottom of the table because they did something weird. Uh, to get disqualified from the playoffs. They were the one and two seeds, and they just got knocked out, swept away. And I was like, hey, I'll take it, because then our Seawolves went to the title game um, and played two really important matches to it. It wasn't like they just kind of got given the red carpet. They played some really hard-fought matches. They did. Um, But then to see these two just kind of, hey, we're going (laughs) to put you guys in timeout for a year. For the whole season. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I just, uh, we yeah. need answers. Do you I not have really, anybody that 
I mean, could I give could, us a, I don't want to a poke. sneak peek. Uh, well, maybe <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Uh, but then we still got an expansion team to welcome to the to the league. So yeah, that was pretty crazy. I know we're like a week behind on that, but still pretty pretty crazy. So we'll head over to stars of the week because we're running a little bit overhead here. Uh, uh, you went with him for player of the week. I went with him for star of the week. Um, Martin Jones has had a damn solid you know, start to this season, let alone this past week. Welcomed a new kid into the family uh, last week. No. Maybe it's dad's strength. I don't know. Um, but he's been really solid for Seattle and net after, you know, my buddy RJ, I mentioned RJ earlier, uh, grew up a Sharks fan where our, uh, Martin spent a good amount of his time in his career and was kind of like, uh, unsure <laughs> about him. And so to see him performing this way, I think he's caught a lot of people by surprise. Good. And I'm just happy to see that. Yours, I could have gone with your selection. We did but then the I same think, thing then, player of the week, star of the week. Oh, you're right. If I had gone with your selection, it would be three weeks in a row that I did it. So I, I stopped myself. We couldn't take them off the list. No. Especially not after this week. No. So Kenneth Walker, again, K9, is my player of the week because of his exceptional performance and it doesn't seem like it's slowing down. And if there were any doubters out there when this guy took the starting role, I hope oh, you're eating okay. when your he words. Took the starting role, I was like, I hope I you're eating your words already now. about the draft thing. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, I mean, when Rashad Penny got hurt, I mean, if, if we thought we were down and out, then you're completely wrong. And so <laughs> we'll, we'll wrap it up here with that. Uh, we got it in the notes here, but it, it's, you know, been tough uh, things, are, you know, in the world in general. But uh, and I know this isn't our thing necessarily, no. but he affects the sports world as well. Uh, sports world has already made their kind of uh, thoughts about it. But Takeoff, a uh, member of the Migos, passed away in a, in a shooting, I believe it was in Houston. Yes. Um, and, you know, I know people are – there's the, like, stuff that comes with someone passing. Like, oh, I was always a fan. I can go in my Snapchat memories from like five years ago and I told you I uh, was saying takeoff was my favorite. Out it, of the Migos? Yes. I can go in the Snapchat. We're not going to do no, that. No, I believe you. Um, but it, it shit sucks, man. I know I swore. I don't care. It's the end of the show. Um, so condolences there and uh, in that, you know. So uh, do you have anything on that? No, just a, a big loss to the music world and just to the world in general. So. So we'll uh, end it off here uh, with, yeah, and look at our teams overall. Seahawks and Kraken continue, well, hopefully, look to continue their four-game win streaks uh, this upcoming week. Uh, the Mariners, things kind of sit quiet, but free agency is technically underway. The Storm have players overseas. The Storm overseas continue. Uh, the rain, things are kind of quiet there. I mean, it's offseason technically still. Uh, the Seawolves continue to add to their roster. Uh, the Sounders kind of quiet as well. So until we see you next week, you know, I, I normally say make today a great day, but it's not that hard to be kind to people. Just be kind to folks, you know. Um, also, if you're being kind to folks, tell people that if you're looking for the most complete coverage of all your sports teams here in <laughs> Seattle, you're not going to find it anywhere else besides Bell and I here. So good to have Bell back in studio. Thanks. Curtis behind the camera. I didn't mean to make everybody laugh with the goddamn green night. Until we see you next week. Uh, God, we're I keep I say it every month, but we're in November. We're like two weeks away from stuffing ourselves with turkey. <gasps> I'm a ham guy. I'll leave it there. Me too. <laughs> Don't we see you next week. Take care of yourselves. Be well and do whatever you can to make today a great day. Baba Bowie.